0: The Ghost Goal Podcast. We're in the middle of preseason no man's land, as signings are getting wrapped up before the season starts in early August, and teams head out across the globe to prep for the upcoming season. So a little time and fewer topics to talk about this week, Javier and I are here to do the Hot Takes Podcasts. I'm Alex, here with Javier, episode 363 of the Ghost Goal Pod. The
1: Hot Takes Podcast, Alex? What is it's The
0: that? Hot Takes Podcast. We're, we're dropping our hot takes and uh, disagreeing with each other. Uh, we're going to give you some takes that, uh, you know... Beatdowns are coming. Some of you may uh, agree with, but the, mostly these are going to be fairly flagrant. Uh, and uh, yeah, we're, uh, we're, we're specifically picking these topics to argue about. So Javier, first of all... Can't start a pod uh, without asking how are you doing, man.
1: Doing well, Alex. Thank you. It's been uh, it's been a little bit. I like I like having a little bit of a break in the middle of the year to to not have to do like I love doing the pod, but sometimes it's nice to have a couple of weeks in between and do some also some you know some extracurricular content you know so it's fun to be able to do uh, some different things and not only have to do you know covering results and doing stuff like that because it can sometimes it can get a little bit you know it, it, in the middle of the season it can it, it can be hard to predict and it can also just get a little bit uh stale so it's fun to do things like this
0: yeah i feel like the the main essence or the root of this podcast is all those episodes that you and i have when there's just too much to talk about that's you know going to be old news by like a day or so later exactly and there's things there's, that there's that all these topics and things that you say some crazy thing and i'm just like all right Javier i have to move on like we're already you know way over time or something like all of those, like the, the, the main things like that, lo- like v- more vague uh, macro themes, we're going to try and hit on here. So uh, we're going to start out, though, with some hot takes specifically about this season. Javier, go ahead and give me your first hot take.
1: All right. And I say this in full knowing. our no, on no Arsenal own fans it. Saying own this, it, Javier. But own it. Tottenham will win their first trophy this season. Like, I don't know if it's going to be probably like Carabao Cup. I'm not going to give them FA Cup or Premier League. And they're going to compete for the league. Like, they're going to be in the top three. They're going to get Champions League again. And they're going to be... I think Tottenham has the two best attackers along with Mohamed Salah in the league. Like, Harry Kane and Hjo Min Son are the two best attacking players in the league along with Mohamed Salah.
0: That's a, that's a separate uh <laughs> issue I MC. guess it's a
1: different part of a hot take but I'm saying that's why they're going to win their first trophy why they're going to compete to the league cuz I think it's going to be hard to stop Antonio Conte you know when he has that type of weapons at his disposal and you know he's made a bunch of signings this summer window he's probably they're probably going to make more and it seems like they've promised Conte that they're going to back him and the, and the caliber of players that they've signed it just it has me worried. You know, you see pictures of 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 his team, you know, players fucking puking and dying and l- lying on the floor, and you think, oh, there's gonna be injuries coming. People are gonna the form gonna fall off, but there's just gonna be long periods where this Tottenham team goes win, 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 and we're all just, gonna be like, God damn it! And there's gonna be two one wins and five nil wins and it's like i i'm just i'm worried that that's going to happen enough this season to put them in the upper echelons of the champions league again and win a trophy and you know it's going to be antonio conte year because he's such a great manager he's such a he's such a you know great motivator if you buy into this guy's idea you know he he, he he'll he'll fucking get you there He's shown okay. it at every club that he's been. So I'm just like I know he's I, I know he's gonna do it at Tottenham. I'm fucking pissed. I'm I'm mad seeing all these signings and the way that Tottenham got into the Champions League this last season, and I think it's gonna continue at least for a year. It might explode in a year or two a couple of years down the line, but ugh.
0: So Javier, I know you're uh, you have intentions of going into the legal profession or the legal field. So uh Uh, As someone who's not really even in the legal field, I just, you know, work around lawyers. Let me teach you a very quick lesson here about developing an argument. The way you phrase this, uh, I read verbatim, Tottenham will win their first trophy this season and compete for the league. Uh, I can pretty much shoot down that hot take right away by just saying they've won the first division twice. They've won the FA Cup eight times. They've won the League Cup four times. Uh, it would not be their first trophy. So uh, their yeah, first trophy would, in a long would, time, Alex. Would give me, God oh, damn it, yeah, okay, Fuck So you, dude, stop you stop being it all way. technical. Javier, Javier, the law is a precise endeavor, and you right, need to yeah, be precise Yeah, they won the Carabao Cup in two thousand nine.
1: Yes. I don't give a shit, dude. Okay, that's fine. I'm in just, the Premier you know, League era, it I'm, would I'm be just showing
0: you. I'm just showing you what you're up against in this hot takes pod, Javier. You got to be. You got to be. You got to be smart about it. You can't. You can't walk around with this lazy shit. Okay. Getting to the actual topics, I'm not going to be, I'm not going to bullshit like that. That's you know just a quick joke. I, I see what you mean. I am definitely scared as well. I, I'm a former, you know, disciple of Don Antonio Conte. Yeah, I, I know what he can do on sh- like short notice and very little time with a team that uh, a lot of people would consider to be terrible. Not even a few months before he did it at Chelsea. We've talked about it a million times. The the thing that I think it will be too much for even Antonio Conte to overcome is you know the, the spursy gene that we've talked about not just the spursy gene in terms of like choking it in big situations but the spursy gene in terms of a lot of these players being relatively injury prone and i would even say that about harry kane and Son Yun-Ming. yes they are very good players when they're able to play the majority of the season they uh, but th- that best, hasn't changed. best three
1: attackers in the league with solo right
0: i would say they're definitely in the top 10, maybe in the top five.
1: Like, uh, probably up there with De Bruyne, Na- Salah.
0: Yeah, if you put De Bruyne in that, in that category. Yeah. Um, Who would
1: you put as the fifth in the top five?
0: Uh, I mean, it would have been... Well, Mane would have been in there before he left. I mean, Riyad Morris had a really good season last year.
1: Maybe, yeah. It's not a bad shout. Sterling, maybe.
0: Someone like that. Raheem is an interesting one, but he wasn't even starting for City. Yeah, I mean, you, you might be right, but... I don't think just saying that those two are great players is enough to say they're going to compete with teams like Manchester City and Liverpool well, for the league. I just think when like they there's have more a than a 20 point gap.
1: Yeah, but this isn't the. But he didn't have them from the beginning of the season. He didn't have all these signings. He didn't have a so preseason you think they can with get, them. you think they can all get of like that upwards changes,
0: of 80 plus, like up, like I think they close could get to 90 points.
1: points. Yes. I think I get eighty-six points, eighty-five points.
0: I'm sorry, I just don't see it, and it's not—it's not just about like Kane and Son being injury prone. They have players throughout that team who are injury prone. They just signed Lenglet, who's going to be barely available for them. Eric is very injury prone. You can go through, like Romero is a very good player, but very injury prone. Like, I'm just saying, there's. There are a lot of injury concerns up and down that squad. They're going to have the Champions League games to contend with, which they're going to have to play their best team in most of the time. Um, Rick Charlson, even when he is healthy, I, I don't think he's like that reliable. Like, yes, as like the third or fourth player and the player coming off the bench, that it, that is definitely a good signing for them. But I'm just saying, I don't see many proven winners throughout the squad. The most proven winner in this team is Ivan Perisic, and I don't think he's going to have like that big of a role this season. Like he could
1: have a big role, man. Everyone's he'll going to am saying He's he going he to play a lot on the wings. But, and,
0: uh, but he's not going like, to play most of the time. And Conte likes to play 1-11 he'll like, play the into the games. ground. He, no, but he doesn't rotate that much. He likes to play one team of first-team players that he's deemed like the worthy representatives. He likes to play them and just play them into the ground with maybe one or two changes here or there when he has to make them. So... And just like the, the stuff you're talking about with him, like working these players out and training them super hard, like this preseason, you think that's going to aid or or hinder them in staying healthy for the full season with the Champions League, with the World Cup in the middle of the season, where most of them will be going away to that. I don't see them being able to to keep up anything close to a title push. But what I might give you is is the first trophy because Conte. You know he's not very good in Europe, but he did win the FA Cup at Chelsea. He's you know pretty good in cup competitions. So yeah, maybe I'll give you a Carabao cup, but I don't see them competing for the league. That's the gap is too big, dude. They, like what was the gap last season? Let's just confirm it. Manchester City had ninety three points, Liverpool ninety two, Tottenham seventy one. So more than twenty points.
1: Yeah, I, I Tottenham know the had gap was Tottenham massive. Had but six losses, Tottenham eleven had, draws. Tottenham had a horrible. Uh, start to the season with Nuno Santo firing their manager for them to make Champions League is a pretty big achievement for Conte because when he came in, you didn't think that that was going to ever happen at all. So, you got to give credit to, to Conte there to get them Champions League and you got to think that he's going to build on that success. Like, yeah, but getting the them Champions the League and
0: challenging yeah, for the league is a completely uh, different thing.
1: I know, I, I know. I don't, I, I'm not saying they're going to win the league. I just, they're going to fall short, but yeah, I'm, I'm saying even
0: gonna be, challenging.
1: They're going to be in it till like March or April.
0: Like, I don't really even think, I mean, this is like bringing in another conversation. They, they lost, they beat Manchester City twice last season. Yeah, I know, but head-to-head is one thing, but over a 38-game season. That's what like I'm that's, saying, that they're going to the gain competition. that
1: consistency against the shit teams where they're just going to blow yeah, them
0: they, away. They also beat Manchester City like on a Saturday and then lost at Burnley on a Tuesday, <laughs> like the next game. Like that. That Like that Tottenham DNA is still in there. That's all I'm saying.
1: I, All right, right, we'll mean, leave I it hope to, so, man I, we'll, love, uh, yeah, I, I really hope, hope so
0: Frankly, you need to have your Arsenal shit. fan card revoked For even uh, bringing this up um, well, we'll leave it to you, you guys, know, the listeners That's why it's a hot take Because yeah. you know, the Arsenal fan is making Probably not going to sure. happen he, he, he. Yeah, we'll leave it to you guys, the listeners uh, You know, get at us On Twitter, to our email Ghostgoldpod at gmail.com Let us know uh, who you think won each round Let's move on to my hot take for this upcoming season. Brighton and Hove Albion will be relegated this season. Last year was, you know, as good as it could get for Brighton, I think. I'm a big fan of Graham Potter, but I've been a big fan of a lot of managers who have had good seasons in the Premier League, and then we've watched their teams fall off the face of the earth the next season. Claudio Ranieri at Leicester almost got them relegated after winning the league. They had to fire him and bring in Craig Shakespeare. Graham Potter, I think, will have a good uh, career as a manager. He'll go on and manage other, other good teams. Hell, they may even keep him if he gets them relegated, because he's on a long-ass contract, and frankly, they can't really do better. But next season, with the loss of Yves Basuma, the linchpin and the, the medal in their midfield that was shielding that defense from, and making all of those center backs look good for the last couple of seasons... And the impending loss of Mark Correa, that's going to be a huge loss for them. Those two are the ones defensively that I really worry about for them where, you know, they only conceded 50 or 44 goals last season. That number is going to go way up where, I mean, I think 60 plus at least they're going to concede next season with the loss of those two players, unless they can sign another uh, conservative sitting midfielder who can kind of replicate what Basuma does. Because the players that are there now, while promising, like Saicedo and Mwepu, those players are, you know, more proactive midfield players. They go out and they try and run and track down the ball. And they, frankly, they're going to leave a lot of holes in behind them. They need someone who's a bit more disciplined in the middle of that midfield that will let those two, you know, admittedly very good midfield players go out and do their, do their thing. But they don't have it right now. And finally, the the main cause of it that I think is going to lead to their relegation is the lack of a goal scoring threat. They managed to get by with that good defense and like some clutch goals from Danny Welbeck and Neil Malpai last season, and they've brought back this uh, this German player they had out on loan in Belgium last year, Denis Undav. Um, he's was playing at Union SG in Belgium and scored 25 goals. That That's supposedly the player they're bringing in to solve their goal-scoring problem. But 25 goals in Belgium, I don't know what the, trans, like the transfer rate over to the Premier League is, but I don't think it's going to be enough. I think he's going to struggle, and uh, Brighton are going to have the type of season you saw Bournemouth have, or Watford have, or West Brom have. You know the teams. This happens all the time, Javier. Brighton are going to be the ones that have a terrible season and get relegated. Please refute.
1: There's no way, Alex. I mean, you would Brighton, have said
0: the same thing when if someone had said Watford or Bournemouth or West Brom. No, the, there's Wat, just absolute, no all of West those Brom teams have eighth the previous season. I know, before they got I know, relegated. but
1: I look at Brighton right now as a team kind of like I saw Burnley, where after a couple of years, they were going to be a mainstay in the Premier League until, you know, obviously now they got relegated, but like. I honestly actually no. You just brought up
0: another team that's an example of that.
1: (laughs) No, Bright but Brighton are much bigger than Burnley. I'm trying to think of a team that they're like Villa. Where like if they get Villa got relegated. (laughs) Obviously. But if they get going like they have now, they're not gonna be relegated for another decade if that if again, like they're gonna stay in the Premier League for a long time. You know, maybe not a decade, but seven, eight years, unless they really mess up. Like you don't see like I don't think Villa are gonna get relegated for a long time again. And, and, and same thing with Brighton. I think the way that Brighton are run, I think Graham Potter is a great manager. I think that they're not going to sit on this money that they've gotten for Basuma and you know, Ben White last season, $50 million from Arsenal. Like the, They're going to spend that money. They're going to go out and buy some players this summer. We haven't seen the, the end of it, and I, I know that they're going to be in the top half of the table. Like, I don't even think it's going to be a close conversation.
0: Um, You think they're going to be the top half of the table?
1: Yeah. The other thing about them is, like, their home stadium is, is beautiful, the AMX Stadium. Like, they have a big, nice home stadium with huge home support where they've had, you know, a great record while they've been in the Premier League. And instead of a cold... Night Javier,
0: can I, can I just can I just shoot that down real quick? Brighton's a nice, you know, poor. Brighton's, Brighton coast. were 16th in the league based on their home record last season. They had five wins, seven draws and seven losses. They were only better than Burnley, Leeds, Norwich and Watford. So uh, strike one there, Javier. <laughs> they were incredibly frustrating at home. I'm, uh, yeah I'm shooting that one down and we're not adding it out because it directly refutes it no, got point. a lot of
1: they got a lot of draws <laughs> they got a lot of draws seven
0: but- draws they had many as many draws as they had losses seven draws yeah. and seven losses at home and yeah, okay but- the, okay just to meet you halfway on one specific point I don't think they're finishing top half because if you look at the bottom half of for last season that I can pick out like three teams right away that I know will finish above Brighton next season Newcastle were in 11th last season Villa were in 14th I'm think they're going to finish above them palace maybe wolves those teams could finish above them brentford maybe even brentford are having actually a sneaky good window which we'll get to on the the preview pods now it's it's a hot take for a reason like relegation is a strong prediction for a team that just finished ninth in the league and had one of the best defensive records in the league but the main point i'm making is that they've lost they're going to lose basuma and Kukurea, two of the biggest factors in them having a good defense And I don't think they score enough goals. And that was that was the thing that's been the death of the three pivotal teams I mentioned. West Brom, Bournemouth, Watford. I can't remember what place Bournemouth finished in the year before they got relegated. But I know West Brom and Watford both finished in eighth place the season before they got relegated. They were like West Brom were challenging for like European places. And then the very next season, it all fell apart. They lost the momentum and it was over. And I just think once you reach like the heights that Brighton have have reached, which, you know, to most people are, you know, that not that high of heights, but to Brighton and a lot of their players and their fans, ninth place in the Premier League last season with 51 points. That was like the that's probably the best season they could ever hope for outside of like a cup run. So I think the only way is down and I'm just going down, down, down. I mean,
1: it's not a bad take, Alex. I like it. I didn't uh, I didn't expect it, but uh, not, not a bad argument. Bad argument. I don't think they're going to get relegated, but maybe okay. maybe they'll finish like 11th or 12th. Yeah, they maybe not top maybe not top 10, but yeah, 11th, 12th, 13th. They're not going to be in relegation trouble though.
0: Okay. Before we move on to the next one, I mean, I'm thinking out loud here, but I think on uh Twitter after I, I post this pod, underneath the uh announcement tweet for that has the links to listen to the pod, I'm going to put individual t- tweets with polls on who won the debate. So if you're listening to this, go to Twitter, click on which one uh, on each tweet you think won each of these, uh, these four hot takes. So uh, let's move on to, we've got two more general takes here. Javier, give us your general take, not a season prediction. We know we're just talking generally here.
1: Well, it's going to be tied to a season prediction because I think Cristiano Ronaldo at this point in his career, at his age, at the wages that he's demanding and that he has and that he wants, he is a cancer if you want to win any type of league championship or Champions League or anything like that because he doesn't have the work rate anymore. He doesn't have the he, – he demands too much to be built around him. Like too many sacrifices basically need to be made and too many pieces need to be moved when he goes to a team for it to be successful. Because the reason why United had their worst season in the Premier League era, but when Cristiano Ronaldo came in is because they had this whole plan ready for, you know, Jadon Sancho to basically be the man him with Bruno Fernandez, and then Cristiano Ronaldo came on the last day and took the spotlight, took the whole fucking spotlight for the whole season. I mean, the whole last season was Cristiano Ronaldo, right? He's the one who made team of the season. He's the one who scored all the goals. He took the fucking penalties. He got the hat-tricks. He won the games. I mean, everything last season was about him. So I predicted it last season at the beginning of the season. I knew United were going to be trash because they bought got Cristiano Ronaldo on the
0: dust. You day picked, you picked United to finish in the top four, so let's not let's not go revising history here, okay? I don't know about that. I mean, uh, we, I must, we, The beautiful thing about doing a podcast together, Javier, is that all of it is you know public. You can go listen to it, and it's right there. All right, maybe I did.
1: Maybe I did. <laughs> yeah, yeah, But okay, it was a uh, it was you know it it was it was it wasn't the one of those preview pods. But Ronaldo, I, I always said Ronaldo wouldn't, would you know, I've always been against Ronaldo ever since he left Juventus, like, even Ju- Juventus struggled for the Champions League his last year there, and, he, and they, you know, barely made it. I know he's, he's he led the league pretty much every year in, in goal scoring when he was there, and he did a good job. No one, no one denies that Cristiano Ronaldo does what Cristiano Ronaldo does excellently, which is score goals and, and finish, but I think, at this point in his career, basically since he's left Real Madrid, because at Juventus, he went to win the Champions League, and they never made it past, what, the round of 16? Like, they were they were terrible with him, or round no, of eight.
0: No, they beat, they beat uh, Atletico and got to the quarterfinal. I think they lost to Ajax that year. But he remember he had the hat trick in the second leg when they were 2-0 down to Atletico?
1: Yeah, like, but again, like, no, it was, it was he, good. He, he was like, good in the Champions League, but, like, they never made it, like, deep even to like a final or anything not, not even a semi-final it's just it, to me it wasn't ronaldo since he's left real madrid not past it obviously still been an amazing player but just takes too many resources too many things have to be based around him to win titles to win champions leagues and i think at this point it's it's becoming a massive you know he's half they pairing him ugh, you know, 500,000 pounds a week to play at Manchester United. That's insane. It's insane. So okay. I don't uh I don't see myself. I don't see next season going well for United. If Ronaldo's still there and he's playing every game, even if Eric Tannog's there, I, I can see them going on good runs of form. They still have great players. Obviously, yada, yada. They're going to make some great signings this summer. But if Ronaldo's still there, I just can't see this season going well. Well enough to get like Champions League at all. Okay. With Ronaldo being at the at the head, if he's the one who they, you know, focus all their attention on at this point in his career.
0: Okay, so let me letter of the law break this one down real quick, just to start again. Uh, Cristiano Ronaldo is cancer if you want to win the league, is the way we phrased it in our, you know, our, our Google doc that you guys cannot see. But that's our reference point. Win the league or even get the Champions League. You like that? If you put Cristiano Ronaldo on Manchester City, they still would have won the league last season. So let's get let's get that one out of there. Like that was the rumor before he eventually signed for United. But if he had ended up at Manchester City, they Alex, still would have won the league.
1: That is ridiculous. Okay, it's not ridiculous. You, put him at- you
0: you have worded no, it. Ronaldo no. is cancer if you want to win the league. And do you disagree with the the fact that I no, because Manchester would have won the City league?
1: don't need Ronaldo to win the league. They just proved that. So that's ridiculous. That's I'm like not, saying, oh, if you put Kevin Durant on, on the Golden State Warriors, okay, you're going to win he, the, the NBA it's title again. Is, it's oh, wow, Alex. You're, you're he's so cancer. smart.
0: You're saying oh my he is God, cancer like, if you want like, to win the league. That means he the would the bring the rest take. of the team down. And that's the yes. point I'm trying to make. You're saying, and I've disagreed with this and refuted Sancho, it three goals, over three and over again on this season. It is not Cristiano Ronaldo's. Let me refute. You had a good three minutes to to. Not really make a good point. Cristiano Ronaldo, it's not his fault that Harry Maguire dropped off the face of the earth and became even worse than he was before. It's not his fault that Luke Shaw and Aaron Wan-Bissaka and all these players, I think, in defense is. became worse. No, why it's not. did they?
1: Why were they all garbage before he came? He, they were all they were, so, well, so good. Evidently, Shaw they had they his best garbage. season. Sorry, Shaw had his best season ever, season ever season before. before. Trent had a great season before. Or sorry, not Trent. I'm. I'm Aaron Wambasaka and Luke Shaw had great seasons before Ronaldo came. Great. Why do you think? They fucking had to change the entire game plan to be crossing balls into this guy. That's not their fucking game. Luke Shaw and Aaron Wambisaka are both very quick. They both like running at players and dribbling into the box and link up play. And Ronaldo can't do that. And it's just, it. everything has been changed. It got changed last minute. He got signed the fucking last day of the window, didn't he? He played
0: for... Not the the last day of the season. He got 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 signed the week before the season started. Like, he played the first game of the season. I think you're making the point more so from the standpoint that, you know, all of United's plans that were laid out, especially for their their attacking players, were initially laid out without Ronaldo in mind. And then he became available and they went and got him. I, where I can kind of agree with that, because I do think Sancho probably would have had a better season if Ronaldo wasn't there, because like everything would have flowed through him a bit more. The player who had plenty of time and had plenty of experience playing with Ronaldo before he arrived and completely shat the bed was Bruno Fernandes. He was taking the penalties at the beginning of the season when Ronaldo was there. He missed a penalty like right at the end of the Villa game at home. Or well, like, You Martina don't think having it, someone like Cristiano Ronaldo that. there... And that's why were Ronaldo took over the penalties.
1: Yeah, when you were the man, right? You were the man last season. You fucking led United to a second place and then they bring in someone else who's going to be the man. Right? It's like it's a it's as if the, it's as if you were to go have if you have Mohamed Salah and you go and get Neymar and you're like Neymar's our new and then Salah would just be like what the fuck is this guy doing here? I mean, you'd be happy. But
0: Yes. Yeah, see, that's where I disagree with you. It would I think be like a fucking diva this, this like would team. This theoretical idea of the man, which I think is more of a, it's more of a theory or a more of a uh, a role. The man, a team in the man being like, you take the penalties. No, I know you're the captain. You're what, 11, the one player that a, people look when up there's to. There's eleven players it out there. It matters. It, it does not matter that much. It's eleven players, and the point I'm trying to make is. If, if there was one player who was like, I'm the man, I'm the, the leader, like like I I could give that moniker to like Zlatan Ibrahimovic, mm. every team he's been on, he's been the man. Like I, I get that. But those players, when another world class player is introduced to their team, they don't they're not threatened. They embrace it and they get better. So Bruno Fernandez evidently isn't that good if that's the case. Anyway, so no, I think Bruno Fernandez
1: is the type of player that you do need to make a lot of sacrifices for as well. You do you understand? So he's the type of player that you have to also, you know, cover ground for him. You have to give him the ball more. You have to pass it to him more. You have to give him chances more. You have to let him run into the box. You have to let him shoot more. So if you let him do all of those things,
0: he will produce more freedom.
1: Yes, and so when Ronaldo's in the team. He's fucking shackled. He needs to do everything through Ronaldo, get it to Ronaldo, let Ronaldo get the chances, Ronaldo. And then, like you said, yeah, he took the penalty at the beginning of the season, but he had Ronaldo breathing down his fucking neck, being like, I'm taking these, you know, you miss one and it's fucking to Ronaldo. So, again, like, it's it's not like, again, this guy didn't have the confidence going into this season of, yeah, I'm, you, the, I'm, at, I'm the one who's going to be leading team, this
0: team. Ev- every team has, like, every good team has multiple very good penalty taker options. You I know think what it would be like? You know what it would be like? You know would be like? Okay,
1: you know what it would kind of be like? And you may disagree with me on this. It'd be like if LeBron James went to Golden State Warriors. Do you think that they would be amazing with LeBron? Yes. Fuck. All
0: right. Is it you LeBron's about? too good yet? I mean, you, right. you literally brought up an example. <laughs> and this is like. <laughs> also. The whole reason it worked when Ste- when Kevin Durant went to Golden State and then we're getting into basketball. I hate this the whole reason it worked when Kevin Durant went to Golden State is that Steph Curry is like the most one of the most unselfish superstars of his era. You know, like, he was so comfortable and confident in his status as, you know, the guy in in uh, San Francisco and at Golden State that you know even one of the best players and a former mvp arriving in durant didn't threaten him and he was like yeah sure get yours i'll shoot the open threes that you know the space leaves just getting back getting back to soccer here's where I'll, I'll throw out the olive branch where i agree with you on the more vague point is united will be better this season under Eric ten hag if ronaldo is not there and i think that's more to do with Ronaldo as a fit into Eric Ten Hag's system. Now, the system they were playing before with Ole Gunnar Solskjaer, I think the whole team let them down, and Ronaldo was the only one that like sat up and was there to be counted during the season. He was the one who got them through that Champions League groups group. He scored goal after goal after goal and important goals, not like stat-padding goals. He scored big goals in the Champions League group with Atalanta, Villarreal, and whatever the third team was that I can't remember... Uh, Young boys from Switzerland, yeah. He scored huge goals to get them out of that Champions League group, which you know gives them a boost in their revenue for the season. He also scored like big goals, you know, a great goal against uh multiple big goals against Tottenham. He scored in the home game against Chelsea, against Arsenal. Where United fell flat was as a team against worse teams than them. That's where they didn't get enough points.
1: Yeah, and, and he played in those games off. and he didn't score in those games. And the sad thing about it is, of course, he got some goals. they conceded a million he goals in those stuff. games. Right, exactly. But the whole their team defense went to Cristiano shit this season. Ronaldo. It I would went blame, to shit I would blame because Solskhar, he was in the team. I would blame Solskjaer more than, pressing than Ronaldo. Anymore. It could be. It could be. It could be the whole coach change, the whole, you know, this guy's the sporting director next year, and then he's going to be the coach this year. And that, that whole shit yeah, was weird Raneke, as hell. Yeah, now
0: Ranić isn't even there anymore. Right. He's right. just the Austria coach now.
1: what even just happened? So... I do think things needed to calm down at Manchester United. Maybe Ronaldo being the there this season will be uh, different, but I don't. I don't think so. I. I I'm just. I'm the- done with him at this point, and okay. I don't think he's gonna.
0: The second olive branch I'll offer you is that if Chelsea signed Cristiano Ronaldo tomorrow, I would be very upset.
1: Especially for the for huge wages, right? Because he'd be on four hundred, five hundred thousand.
0: Yeah, yeah, five hundred thousand. Yeah, it would be absolutely be the ultimate like statement signing that like Todd Bowley would be trying to just get eyes on Chelsea and get eyes on his product. So I can understand why we be, were being linked, but it would just completely throw off the entire aesthetic of the team that is being built right now a team based off of like hard work pressing high high tempo but there are still systems that can win you trophies without playing that specific system you know so all right let's move on my second hot take on a more vague level not getting outside of the uh the season predictions and stuff like that chelsea are the biggest club in london you don't have to like it, here. Uh,
1: wrong. Uh, we have no, 13 no, we'll, Premier League. Th- we'll we have 13 league titles, 14 we'll, FA we'll Cups. More than both of you in both of those, so we're bigger than you. Done. done. I don't know if you've been paying attention, done. Javier. Done. But, uh, done. It's done. You wanted to be Javier. technical, Alex.
0: But Javier, I don't give a the, shit. Uh, you want to?
1: You bought a couple of European trophies the under Javier? the Abramovich era. You are not the biggest club in London. Arsenal's the biggest club in London. Has been. Always will be. Get wrecked.
0: Javier, I don't know next, if you've been next paying thing. attention next thing. to the, uh, the format here, uh, but we've been doing someone makes the hot take, gives their case, and the other person refutes. I, I can tell you're you're not. Oh looking no, I was ready for this one so just like
1: it's over. It's over. No, so, I, I, all right, Alex, I'm go ahead. Give, give your odd take, Alex. Go ahead. Yeah, what's your what's your stupid take on Chelsea being the small team from London that got bought by a Russian owner that pumped blood money into it, and then you guys think you're big and strong and awesome? Now, go ahead.
0: Go ahead. I'm sorry. You guys notice how uh, Javier likes to get word vomit when he gets nervous. You know, he, he knows what's coming. And he doesn't like it. <laughs> so he's trying to hold it off and, you know, keep it from happening for as long as possible. But Javier, fear it, run from it, destiny arrives, no matter what. <laughs> All right, Javier, I don't know if you've noticed, but uh, in our lifetime, since 1992, we were both born in 1992, yeah, since the inception of the Premier League and, you know, the invention of the Bosman ruling in the early 90s, the game has become global. It's not just about this league versus that league. Players have started moving from, you know, multiple different continents across the world to move to the strongest and best leagues in the world. I don't give a shit if Arsenal won multiple league titles under Herbert Chapman. Oh, back in 1932, they've won the the league championship under Herbert Chapman. And he's got a bust in fucking Highbury where you guys don't even play anymore. No one gives a shit about it. You play in a makeshift bullshit West Ham, London stadium looking piece of shit. The Emirates. There's no soul. There's nothing there. It's a terrible stadium, zero atmosphere. It's complete shithole. And you're gonna be playing there for many more years. Meanwhile, our stadium, you know, at least we stayed in our stadium and we will be in our stadium forever because our fans made it. So we didn't let our owner just big dick us and move the team away. That's one side of things. That's not part of the argument. The whole thing of the game becoming global since in our lifetime, Javier, is that, yes, league titles matter. And you guys have what? You got like four Premier Leagues? Yeah. Uh, one under, what's his name? Um, Tottenham player that managed you, uh, George Graham. George Graham, won, I think, won one one. Uh, that Dutch guy won one. And then Wenger won two. Yeah, we've got five, and that's the Premier League, you know, Premier League era. That's the shit that matters. Uh, you know what you guys also do not have that we have multiple of? Uh, European trophies, which is a part of, it's not just about the league title anymore. It's about consistently showing over a long period of time that you can win trophies. Listen, And listen. Chelsea win wait, wait, wait. or get just, to the final of I trophies you. Hold every on. I single you. season. Arsene
1: Wenger won three Premier League titles. Okay. And he and won seven
0: FA Cups. Cool. Yes. Cool. Seven FA Cups. Great. In that same yes. time, we've won, I think, like All right. six or seven well, FA Cups. Okay, it's but about the, the same.
1: Is, the difference is you, you had two or $3 billion more in revenue to Javier, spend on your team and on your players than Arsene Wenger did. So go fuck yourself, Alex. Javier, like, like none you of can that. Talk about, you can talk you know, about the
0: money. You can talk about. The money all of matters, that shit. dude. The money it matters, matters. It, 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 to a degree. Go look but at what, every. Everyone matters go, more? go look at every single How you team use it, Javier. In every league. You, Javier, we have just spent like 10 minutes Bayern, talking about Juve, Manchester PSG, United. Javier, Win hold the up for league. a sec. Manchester City, now, win yeah, the league. Javier, again, you're, you're focusing on the league. I'm saying success in football is no longer just about only the league, it's about. How you do consistently season by season when it comes to winning trophies, I'm talking Champions League, hell Europa League. You guys You're being ageist. You're just you're just saying yes. like, oh, in yes, recent in ageist. recent
1: time. Oh yeah. Oh, in the last ten years, fifteen during the Abramovich era. I'm talking sure, to Alex, the guy who listen, has shit on had George had...
0: Best for playing with a bunch like yeah. a bunch of farmers. Like
1: it's but, like being like, okay, but that's like if a United fan says to you, like,
0: oh, you know,
1: it's it's ridiculous. You know what I mean? Because then you're throwing away like teams like Manchester United, their history, what they've done. Teams like even even Liverpool. Why do you think people respect Liverpool so much? They've won a couple of trophies in the last couple of years, but before that, they had a big goal drop, but people still respected them. They had that one Champions League in two thousand six, but they didn't win the league title. But they they still were for so they during that entire time they've been a successful club biggest, you know, a huge, the biggest club on, on, on Mosey's side. And it, okay, it's like,
0: let, let me just finish my general point without uh, being, can, can you at winning least the acknowledge, title. can you at least acknowledge winning, winning the league is one thing. And it's something that in the premier league era, which it, I'm making the and I, I know I'm being a bit flagrant by saying, by like, you know, by inferring that anything before 92 doesn't matter. That that's not true. But it is a demarcation point it is a line in the sand where football changed forever. And I bring up the Bosman ruling earlier and I bring up the making of the Premier League it was because though, things like that were, were the catalyst that basically made football what it is today. And it is different today than it was before 1992. Now, OK, it, maybe it's not necessarily better, but it is different and it is, you know you know, it's gotten a boost from capitalism that has had pros and cons to it. That, that's, that's all I'm saying by saying the 1992 thing. Now, my main point from that is that it's not just about winning the league. It's about consistently showing over a number of years as a side that you are either like getting to the final and, you know, hopefully winning most seasons. And in 19 of the last 26 seasons, Chelsea have won or gotten to the final of a major like club competition 97 won the, the, uh, the FA cup. That's a huge thing for us. Cause we hadn't won a trophy since 1970 98. We won the UEFA cup winners cup and the super cup, which, you know, the winner of the Europa league versus the, the champions league 2000, won the FA cup 2002 lost the FA cup to you guys, 2005 won the league, won the league cup 2007, Sorry, 2004 and 2005, won the the League and won uh, the League Cup. 2007, won the FA Cup and League Cup. 2008, we got to the Champions League final and the League Cup final, lost both of those. 2009, won the FA Cup. 2010, won the FA Cup. 2012, won the FA Cup and Champions League. 2013, won the Europa League and got to the Super Cup and obviously lost that to Bayern. 2015, won the League Cup. Then there's this is outside of a lot of the le- seasons that we won the league as well. 2017, lost the FA Cup final to you guys. 2018, beat Manchester United. 2019, won the Europa League and got to the League Cup in that season as well. 2020, lost the FA Cup final to you guys. 2021, won the Champions League won the Super Cup, right, Alex, lost in the FA saying, Cup final.
1: You're saying in I'm recent saying that history, you've Chelsea, been, you've been Chelsea better, are the you, biggest you team
0: in London because we they're win, not though. We win the most. No team in the Premier League has won more trophies okay, since but you just bought
1: that. All right, you just
0: bought that. It's yeah, fine. but Javier, th- okay, that brings me to a second point. We've if been spending PSG, all this time talking about you, Manchester United. It's like, United. like, it's like yeah, it's Javier, like if you let me finish on this, if you spend all we spend all this time talking about Manchester United. They spend more than anyone over the past, like, 10-plus years. But United years. have that PSG, revenue. Manchester their, City, they still haven't won the trophy they want. they money
1: away from Manchester United. It's but the still, fucking opposite. It's the opposite it. of yeah, but you. it's not
0: just Manchester United. I'm bringing up Manchester City and PSG as well. Those teams, the ultimate goal for those teams is yeah, to win the you, Champions League. City, and guess what? They still PSG, haven't done it. Fucking
1: trash. It's not just, it's just about the money is what it's, I'm it's, saying. It's, it's, it's about how you state use it. state-sponsored fucking... Football, it's football. No, financial it, doping, and for me, it doesn't fucking matter. You're not the biggest team in London. We are you can the biggest try team. Try to in call London. yourselves that you are, we've, but you're not. Been, your Javier, stadium's you know smaller
0: than ours. Here's, here's the thing, I'll throw, you it's yeah, are... smaller, but way better. Here's the thing, Javier. I'll throw, you another, I'll, uh, I'll throw you another. i throw you another. I like I'll your branch. pitch.
1: I like your how your stadiums are, or your stands are close to the
0: you pitch. You guys were the biggest team in London until Kai Havertz put that goal in against uh, Manchester City in the Champions League final. That's two Champions League finals. Two Europa League finals. One of them we clapped your ass cheeks winning. We got that bullshit Cup Winners Cup thing twice before they got rid of it. We've won all of the European Cup competitions twice. You haven't won them at all. Zero European Cups. I'm sorry. Like, you have to win in Europe if you're going to be a big team. You have to be be representative in Europe. You guys haven't been in the Champions League for the past six years. Like you're not even in the conversation, Tottenham will be closer to the conversation by the end of the season, according to you on this podcast than Arsenal will be. We're the biggest team in london
1: all right it's a good uh it's a good take alex I like it it's a, uh yeah, I think history matters, and uh you're dis- you're a history major disregarding history, being an aegis piece of shit, and uh we have the most f a cups we have the most league titles in London, so suck my dick. We're still the biggest team. You try to you're talking about London. We're not fucking talking about the world. This isn't fucking capitalism, globalization. Suck my dick. We're talking about England and we're the biggest fucking team in London. So get that shit out of here. Like I said at the beginning, it's not even an argument.
0: I told you forty minutes would be a good uh would be a good would be a good uh Yeah I had to I had stopping to stop leave it like that. You'll hear more about these, probably. Uh, they, they tie in a lot to our, uh, our our season previews that we'll be doing, honestly, coming up pretty soon here. Season starts August 5th or August 4th. It's earlier this season because of the World Cup, so it's right around the corner. See, Javier, I told you uh, two hot takes each would be plenty for this episode. You know, we were
1: thinking it oh we might not have enough pace. it might, no, might not have I enough to it. fill
0: 30, 30 to 40 minutes and you know we blew right past that so if you want to follow us on social media you can follow javier at javier 9 you can follow me on twitter and instagram at asmoss 92 and you can follow the podcast socials at ghost pod go there and check out the uh, polls i'm going to be leaving for each of these topics vote me vote javier don't vote at all i don't really mind uh and yeah i'll leave those open Eh, probably for like about a week, probably until like the next time we record and we'll talk about, maybe talk about the results on there. If you're listening on an app like Apple Podcasts or Spotify that allows you to rate and review the pod, please go ahead and drop those ratings and reviews. Uh, They help new listeners find the pod and uh, we'd love you to help us uh, grow this thing. Also, if you have any questions or want to throw any comments or concerns our way, you can do so obviously on social media or send us an email again to coastgolpod at gmail.com. Javier, thanks for jumping on this one and uh, good debates. Had a good time. Yeah, it was Should fun. Should do this more often. It was fun.
1: It was good to do. I, uh, especially the uh,
0: the Chelsea being the biggest club. That was pathetic. You you oh, enjoyed man. that. You you. Come on, man. You enjoyed oh, it. You enjoyed close. you enjoyed it. All right, everyone. Keep an eye on the women's Euros. Again, it's uh, in the middle of it right now. And uh, enjoy the games. They're still going on. And until next time. See ya.